at his feet, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So, Father, we just honor you on this morning. We glorify you. We magnify you because you are God. And, God, you alone are worthy of the glory, of the honor, of all the praise on today. We lift you up, God. We exalt you. We glorify you. We praise your name. For your name is worthy and worthy and worthy and worthy to be praised. So, Father, we thank you on today, God, that we will let the high praises of God be in our mouths. And we will let the two-edged sword be in our hand on today in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I come against every attack. And every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us on today. I speak that it has been broken right now in the name of Jesus. God, I give you glory that the blood of Jesus has done everything that's needed for us, God, on today. The blood of Jesus has sanctified us. It has redeemed us. It has justified us. God, it has made us righteous. God, I thank you for your blood on today. Your son's blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So, God, I plead the blood. And I'm not pleading the blood, Father God, because I'm not believing in the blood. I'm pleading the blood, God, because I know what your blood has already done. So I thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus over each individual in this place on today. Father God, I come against sabotage in the body of Christ right now in the name of Jesus. I bind sabotage right now in Jesus name. And I thank you God that your word shall go forth in power and in demonstration on today. And I thank you for my helper, my teacher, my comforter, my standby, the one that walks alongside of me. Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. And Father, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to continue what we talked about last week, but we're going to add some more to it. How about it? Hallelujah. God has a way of doing things, and sometimes it's past our finding out, but I give God glory for his word. Turn with me to the book of Philippians, and we're going to go to the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read verse 9. Last week, we were in Philippians 2, but now we're going to go to Philippians 4, verse 9. Now the word of God reads, Philippians 4, verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you let me say it again those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you I'm gonna say it again those things which you have both learned and received and heard And seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Last week we talked about get a grip. It was talking about getting a grip on the word. But this week 
what we're going to talk about is applying the word. You cannot apply the word if you don't have a grip on the word. And this is what's going on in the body of Christ. We're speaking things, but when we speak things, they should be showing forth in our lives. Anything that you speak, you should be doing. Your life should be reflecting what you're speaking and what you're saying. That's applying the word of God. Last week we talked about get a grip. And this was coming from Philippians 2 when, um, again, Paul was telling the Philippians, he said, I want you to hold on. I want you to grasp. I want you to hold this word tight. He said, the reason why you need to hold on to this word, y'all got to understand this word is what gives you life. He said, you got to hold on. You got to grasp this word. That means get a grip. Get a grip on the word of God. The word of God is the only thing that will last, y'all. We're trying to make relationships last. We're trying to make jobs last. We're trying to make a lot of things last. But the Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass, but his word shall remain. It shall stand. So everything else, it will change, but the word of God will never change. And this is why we have to get a grip. We talked about getting a grip starts out with hearing the word of God. Because when you hear the word of God, you get faith for the word of God that you hear. And how can you believe unless you heard? And how can you hear unless, you know, you have a preacher? And how can you preach unless you're sent? So some people are trying to grab hold to this word, but you can't grab hold to this word until you you actually hear it. Faith come by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. And after you have heard the word, just like you're hearing the word today, you need to go into the word of God for yourselves. And this is where we miss it at times. We hear what people is saying, are saying, but we don't go back into the scriptures to search the scripture to see what the scriptures has to say unto us. We need to know what's written for ourselves. You can't wait on me. You can't wait on no one else to come to your house every day and keep proclaiming this word. You have to get into it for yourself. So when someone shows up at your house and they begin to tell you what the word is saying, then you can come into agreement because this is what you read. So if you're not reading the word, you accept anything, you know, and end up doing things that you should not be doing based on what somebody else is saying. This is why they call Ezra in in Nehemiah 8 to, you know, for them to hear the word. They wanted the word. You have to want the word because you have to want it so bad because, you know, that's where my life come from. That's my life source. You are a spiritual being and the word is what brings life unto you. So whatever is going on in your life, it may seem like it's dead. It may seem like it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. I guarantee you when you go into this word, the word of life, the word will begin to quicken you. It will begin to bring life unto you. It will begin to help you say, I can make it. I can get through this. Why? Because you got a word from the Lord. So we have to hear it. We have to read it. But then while we're reading it, we have to study it. That means that when a passage of scripture or even a word is illuminated to you, God has said, I'm speaking to you. I want you to stop right there. There's some meaning in that one word. Every word in the Bible don't have the same meaning. 
It may be the same word, but it doesn't have the same meaning. And this is how the enemy confuses the body of Christ. We have people that get up and teach the word. They're giving you scripture after scripture, but they don't know what those words mean. They're going on their knowledge. They're not going on spiritual knowledge from the word of God. So you have to take time to study the word of God and you have to say, God, what are you saying to me? You got to study it. You got to search it out. You got to rightfully divide it. And that way you're saying, okay, God, I know what Paul is saying. I know why Paul is saying this. I know why Jesus said what he said, because in their time, this is why he said what he said, but God bring it to where I am now. Help me to understand it from the where I am now. So you have to study. So you hear, you read, you study. But then you begin to memorize the word. And as you're memorizing the word, you may write it down and you, you're getting it in your head. But I want you to understand it got to go past your head. Anyone can have the word of God in their head. You have a lot of people that quote these scriptures from their head. And people believe, oh, you got so much knowledge of the word. But no, they don't. They're only memorizing it to make you think that they're in a place that they're not in. So be careful with people that quote the quote. Because if you're quoting the quote, let me tell you what's going to happen. The next thing is meditating on the word. And remember, I use this Bible and I use my hand. When you take, get a grip of this word, you need this thumb. See that thumb? If I let go of this thumb, my Bible drops. That thumb represents meditation. And that's the thing that you have to do. Once you hear it, once you read it, once you study it, once you memorize it, you got to meditate on it. Because this is why God told Joshua, Moses is dead. See, sometimes we depend on people that are in our lives. We do what they tell us to do. But God said, now that that person is gone, I want you to use the same law that Moses did. And I want you to lead my people to the promised land. See, I want you to take, I want you to finish the process. But in order for you to finish it, you got to use the same book of law that Moses used. You don't have Moses here with you now. You were hearing Moses, but now I want you to read about what Moses done. I want you to study it and I want you to memorize it. But when you begin to meditate on it, Joshua. So he said, when you meditate on it, he said, you're going to observe it. You're going to observe to do. And what he's saying is meditate on it day and night. See, sometimes we take the word and we just get up and we quickly get a passage of scripture and say, oh, I read the Bible today. But see, you got to take time out of your busy schedule and not just open it up just to say, look what I done. Or not just open it up to tell somebody I've been in the word today. But you want to take that passage of scripture and you want to meditate on it so much day and night. And then the Bible say, as you do that, then you will make your way prosperous. There's no other way for you to succeed unless you meditate on the word of God. And meditation takes time. We use the cow. Y'all know how the cow chew over and over again. You think the cow going to swallow. Eventually the cow swallows, but the cow bring it back up. And you like, do it take that long? Yes, it does. You might chew on that word for several hours. Chewing on it, pondering over that word and saying, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And all of a sudden, a light come on. <laughs> That's when it's good. You saying, and God said, who said it? God said it. He said, let there be, and there was. Oh my goodness, God. So you're saying, when I take this word, oh my goodness, and I say, let there be, there is going to be. Because it's God's word. See, that's what meditation does. Meditation sets you afire. Meditation gets you to moving. And as it drops down in your heart. See, remember the belt of truth. You're in the truth. The Bible say knowing the truth is what makes you free. But then it says above that, you got to continue. You got to dwell in the truth where the truth is wrapped around you like a girdle. When it's wrapped around you, guess what? It's not easily moved from you. But then when you get through with that meditation and it's in your heart, then you can use that sword of the spirit. Because that sword is welling all the time. That sword is welling because you're using it based on what's already in you. So we have to get a grip. And we talked about getting a grip. You need to fivefold. See, the body of Christ don't think that they need to fivefold. But God places the fivefold in the body of Christ for a reason. And the Bible tells us, let's go to Ephesians 4. Y'all, the word is mm -mm good. Ephesians 4, this is what he said in verse 11. And he gave some, did y'all hear this? Some. It don't mean all. It means some. Some people are trying to be something that God didn't call you to be. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Do you see why he gave the fivefold? It say for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I like 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed. To and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. So he said, we need the fivefold, y'all. So that fivefold is represented on this hand. The apostle is the thumb. Remember I said if you let go of the Bible with the thumb, that Bible's going to fall. So you need an apostle in the body of Christ. You got the apostle, you got the prophet, you got the evangelist, you got the pastor, you got the teacher. This is how you're going to really get a grip on the word. Because once you go in and you hear it, you read it, you study it, you memorize it, you meditate on it. When we come into fellowship together and the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher begin to expound on this word. You know where you've been. So your ears are in tune to what they're saying and they're teaching you truth. So you're going to know the truth and the truth is going to make you free. But what's happening in the body of Christ? Some people feel like I got it. And some people talk like they got it. Some people act like they got it. Until something hits your house. I'm going to say it again. Some people talk like they got it. They act like they got it. They standing tall like they got it. But when something hits your mouth, your house, what's coming out of your mouth? Now, I'm going to say this again. 
Some people even allow stuff to come out of their mouth and they yet don't believe it. They tell you that God is good, but they yet don't believe that God is good. How do I know? Because when you go in through in your body, you can look at people and say God is good. And you want people to really think that God is good because you don't want them to think that you don't know that God is good. But you saying God is good because you trying to humble yourself, but you in a state of pride. When you know God is good and he's good all the time, regardless of how you feel, there's going to be some confidence in you. That when people come in your house, they're going to know the goodness of God without you even telling them that God is good. We can say things, but we don't mean what we say. People say things out of pride because they don't want you to know they really don't know. They will memorize a verse and they will say that verse over and over again. But when things happen in their lives, this is where I'm going to applying applying the word of God. See, Paul told them, he said, now I want you to get a grip. I want you to hold on to it. But then in the fourth chapter, when he got ready to wrap it up, he said, now I want you to put into practice. See, anything that you learn, and I'm going to go there with school. Y'all know when we started out in school, some of you may went to preschool, some of you may went to kindergarten, some of you may have skipped the first grade. But through these different grades, you learned some things. And every grade you went to, they're going to know what you learned from the previous grade. And if they see that you have not learned what you need to learn in first grade, and there you are in second grade, they're going to call the parents in. And they're going to say, they're not grasping. They're not grabbing hold. I don't understand how they got to the second grade and still don't know the ABCs. Some teachers put them in these grades to get rid of them. Because they don't want to deal with them. This is why parents at home, we should be checking with our children. What are you doing? What did you learn today? Where is your homework? Let's take out your folder to see what type of homework you have to do today. We want to stay on top of our children. Some of us can't stay on top of them because we can't stay on top of ourselves. So they're saying, how did you get to second grade when you don't even know your ABCs? For one, the parent ain't taking the time to go over these things with the children. They look into the school system to do everything, but you got a part to play, parents. When the um, teacher assign assignments, you want to make sure your child know. So if you don't know your ABCs, guess what I learned? If I didn't know my ABCs, when I get ready to read a passage, I can't put these words together to know what this passage is saying. So I had to start out with the ABCs to build what? A sentence to build words. And those words form into what? Sentences. So if I'm missing all of this in school, people look at you like you're dumb, but you're not really dumb. You just didn't apply yourself. So you have to start out taking the ABCs and knowing those ABCs. You're getting a grip on those ABCs because they want to take you to the next level. Some of us get lazy and we just go to school to talk. We go to school for lunch. We go to school to play. We don't go to school to learn anything. Then we come home and your mom and daddy say, let's do your ABCs. You can't sit still to learn the ABCs. But you're mad at the teacher because they say, we're going to put them back 
Why are you putting my child back? You don't know. This is how it is with church folk. You want to be put in position. But you don't know precept upon precept and line upon line. You know, you got to know a little. You got to be taken from glory to glory. People don't want to be taken from glory to glory. They just want to get up here in glory. See, you just can't just get up here in glory without going through some things. None of us want to go through. We just want to get a quick fix. Just give me the Bible that says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul didn't just put that in the Bible for you to be gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. You got to understand why Paul said what he said instead of trying to grab hold because your bills are passed due. See, you don't have a grip of the word. Because if you had a grip of the word, you don't just use a passage just to be using it because you want a quick fix and thinking, oh, it's working. I want to tell you something. The word always work. But the problem is you don't know that the word work. You're trying to get the word to work based on what you are doing. So now that we have a grip on this word, we're coming into fellowship. And I want to tell y'all something. People want to stay out of the house of God. But they always want to do something in the house of God. I ain't figured that one out yet. People want to stay out of the house of God, but they always want to do something in the house of God. Paul said, that which you have, what? Learned, received, heard, seen me do. He said, put it into practice. How can you learn anything if you're never here to learn? How can you receive anything if you never hear to receive? How can you hear if you never hear to hear? See, people get attitudes. God is taking this somewhere for a reason. People get attitudes when they show up yesteryears and the church is still moving, but they ain't in the move. So the enemy want to use those people to sabotage the church to make it look like it's the pastor's fault. That's why I ain't been here. Because if the pastor would have let me be on this committee when I needed to be on this committee, the committee would have been farther than what it was. But you never had a grip of this word because if you had a grip of this word, you wouldn't be a busybody. You wouldn't be a talebearer. See? See, we always say we got a grip on the word, but we open our mouths when we should study to be quiet. So when we get a grip on the word of God, no matter what comes up in our lives, we can begin to apply the word of God. And this is why we're missing it, y'all. Sometimes we feel as if, Lord, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, but I'm still hurting in my body. You don't know nothing about the word then. Because God's word, the Bible tells me his word is forever settled in heaven. God said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that have come out of my lips. So if God is saying, my word is going to stand when everything else fail, and I'm questioning God on God, why do I still have pain if your word works? I don't understand his word. I don't have a grip on this word because, see, now faith is. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. 
See, I'm not basing my life on the natural, on my he motions and she motions. I'm basing my life on what's already done. And I'm speaking those things that be not as though they were. See, that's why when you have a grip on this word, I ain't waiting for my body to do anything to know that it's already done. See, when you're waiting on your body to do something, you ain't believing what's already done. Because when you begin to speak to that situation, you ain't standing there waiting for that situation to change. You moving on because you know the situation have changed. This is why Jesus... When he was hungry and he saw a fig tree from afar off. Come on, when you're hungry, you see everything. Don't go in the grocery store when you're hungry. You'll spend your light bill money. Your lights will be off and you can't even cook what you bought because you was hungry. This is the truth, somebody. Don't go in there hungry because you'll be borrowing for Peter to pay Paul. So Jesus saw that fig tree from afar off. That means he saw it from a distance, and I like this. Jesus had a grip, y'all. He knew how creation worked because if it was not for him, there would be no creation. So Jesus was the word, and when God said, let there be, when he said, let there be fruit trees, let there be whatever, the word did what God said. That was the word. He spoke the word. So when Jesus saw that fig tree, he knew. He said that fig tree got some leaves on it. So that fig tree got to have some figs. But when Jesus come to that fig tree, he saw that that fig tree was deceiving. And he began to say, no one will eat from this tree. And he cursed that tree at the root. But to look at that tree, that tree looked as if it was still alive. But Jesus didn't go on what it looked like. Where am I going? Look at your neighbor. Say, you can't go on what it looked like. You can't go on what it appeared to be. You got to go on what the word is saying. Come on, that's a nugget right there. You can't go on what it looked like. It may look ugly. It may look tore up. But what did the word say to it? So Jesus spoke to that fig tree. And Jesus went about his father's business. How many of us speak to a dead situation and we sit there and wait on it? We don't go about the father's business. We just sit there and say, well, God, I spoke it. So what you going to do about it? God, I spoke to my body. Why am I still feeling pain? But Jesus went about the father's business because he already knew what the father have already done. Jesus said, I already spoke to it. It's already done. It's no point of me staying here waiting on it to die. It was dead the moment I spoke. So when they come back to that same tree, the disciples said, Master, the tree that you cursed at the root is dead. And Jesus said, have faith. In God. Because he said, whomever speaks, whomever shall say unto this mountain. So you got to say. Jesus only said what he believed. Jesus only believed what he heard from the Father. Because Jesus said, I can do nothing without the Father. Whatever I see the Father do, that's what I do. So that tells me Jesus spent time with the Father. He had to get to know the Father. 
He had to get to know the word of God. He had such a grip on the word that no matter what situation he came to, that situation was already taken care of because Jesus knew the word. So when you got a grip on the word of God, whatever comes in your life, we shouldn't be alarmed. But why are we alarmed? Because we don't have a grip. See, one area you might have a grip in, but then another area you might not have a grip in. All of us got areas that we have grips in, right? But God said, I want you to grip the whole word. If I pay your bills, I already done healed your body. If I healed your body, I already paid your bills. Why are you trying to make me look like a sometimey God? Why are you trying to make me look like a God? I'll pay your bills, but you got to suffer in your body. He said, my son died for it all. Why is it so easy for you to grab hold to the word when it comes to your finances? But when it comes to your health, you drop it because you're saying, God, why? Or when it come to your body, you can grab hold of healing. But when it comes to the bills piling up, you're worried. We double-minded. The Bible said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That means you have two minds. You don't suppose to have two minds. Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ, and he was never double-minded. Whatever the word said, that's what he believed outside of what he saw. This is why when they was at this feast and they were in the need of wine and his mother told Jesus about that wine. So then Mary told them, whatever he say, do it. Do we have the same Bible? Do we have the same Bible? I may have King James, you may have Amplified. But the Bible is the Bible. The word is the word. Now, the amplifier to break it down a little bit, the expander to break it down a little bit. But once it's broke down, it's the word of God. She said, whatever he say, do it. I love this, y'all, because what Jesus was doing was some strange things. It was some things out of the norm. See, when God do something, it's going to be different from the way the world does it. Why are we looking for the world to be the same as God? Anybody got an answer? See, I get so tired of people thinking that God need help. God didn't need man to create this world. Did he? But we put God in with man. But when God does something, he does it so well that man is puzzled. See, man got to get puzzled and say, wait a minute. I had nothing to do with this. It was the hand of the almighty God. Let me tell you how God will step in. Even in surgeries, y'all, man is puzzled on the operating table. Don't know which way to go. But a presence of the living God steps in. The doctor don't know when he begun and don't know when he finished. So when he come out the operating room, he began to say, I can't take credit for this. I don't even know what I done and when I did it and how I did it. I know that he had to step in the room. See, you can't take, man can't take credit for, quit giving man credit for God. 
We give man too much credit. We need to say, I thank God that he showed you. Because you didn't know outside of him. Come on, let's quit playing, people. We go to man and we want we want answers from man, but man cannot go past their knowledge. You got to realize man only telling you what they learned from man. The word of God, man can't get, not less God open. Come on, somebody. Not less God open it up to man. And they got to be born again to get it. You waiting on a man to tell you how to live. You going to a counselor that don't know Jesus trying to tell you how to fix your marriage. And you got the fivefold in the house of God giving you the truth. But you don't want to hear the truth. You want to hear what man got to say and they don't know Jesus. I ain't never seen such foolishness in my life. I remember. I can tell my testimonies, y'all. I remember when my daughter was in preschool. And my daughter was very timid. And she wouldn't say nothing to you. She'd just stare at you. But she'd be listening, paying attention. So the preschool teacher, she came up to me and she said, Miss Bryant, she said, I'm going to get a speech therapist for your daughter because her speech is not that well. So she called a speech therapist. I said, what you do that for? She said, I've done it because she needs speech therapy. I said, no, she don't. She don't need no speech therapy. Well, she's showing signs. I said, the signs that she's showing is fear in your classroom. I say, so she's not going to talk to you the way she talked to me because she's used to me. When she get in front of you, she get intimidated. She get her words tangled up, and that's the problem. Well, we called her in. I said, okay, you do what you got to do, but she don't need no speech therapist. So after she left pre-K, she went to preschool. She went to kindergarten. And in kindergarten, the devil tried to attack again. And she wouldn't speak up. She wouldn't say anything, so she had this teacher, and this teacher would give her a hard time. See, this is why you got to be raised in a godly home because kids will tell you what's going on. She looked at me one day and she said, Mommy, she said, I'm doing good at the centers. She said, but when I get into one group, she said, Mommy, I'm having problems with that group. So I said, okay, let's talk to the teacher. Let's see how we can help you in this group. And she looked back at me. She said, Mommy, if you pray. She said, if you pray, Mommy, I'll be fine. I'll be good in that group. I said, come on, let's pray. So she went back to the group and it got worse instead of getting better. And I was even asking the teacher, what can I do at home to help her? How can I uh, help her at home so she can get better in this group? It got worse. So she went to her granddaddy and grandmother and she was talking to them and she began to tell them about a group. And she told them, she said, if y'all begin to pray, she said, I'll do good in my group. So see, daddy, when it comes to them grandkids, he fired up. So he began to talk to me again. I said, no, it's, it's working out. God's got this. But this is what I done one day, y'all. It got so bad. I went in my house and I laid on my couch. I said, God, I need a psychiatrist, but I don't need no natural psychiatrist. I need you. 
I said, God, I need for you to talk to me right now because I don't know what else to do, but I know my daughter is hurting and I don't want her in the classroom hurting y'all. She would cry every day going to that classroom. I don't want to go in here. She would be hysterical. And I said, God, something is not right. You have to show me. So I went in one day and I sat in the classroom. And when I sat in the classroom at the table, when they got in their centers, everybody got their work to do. Ariel finished her work before the class. She gave it to the teacher. The teacher told her, that's not right. She said, but this is all I had. That ain't all you had. My mama helped me fix this up. Go back to your seat. Holy Ghost, wrap me up. Wrap me tight, Holy Ghost. I called on the Holy Ghost. I said, Father God in heaven, this demon in this room don't even know that I'm sitting here. Yes, it did. Silent. And don't tell me you can't pray to God without getting loud. The Holy Ghost revealed unto me, he said, the little boy that she moved took your daughter's stuff to the other table with him. That's why she couldn't finish. So I went to the teacher and I said, excuse me, can I see you for a second? I said, she couldn't finish and she done what she had to do with what she had. But the little boy you moved, can you check with him? She went over there and checked with him, and he had my daughter's stuff. So when she come back, she didn't say, baby, I'm so sorry. Nothing. So I got up, and I left my daughter in the room, and I went to the principal's office, and I said, look, I want my daughter moved. Well, we've been looking in on your daughter. The first principal told me, this was the assistant principal. He said, you know what, Um, Miss Bryant, she told me, she said, we're looking in on your daughter and your daughter, you know, I'm seeing what the teacher is saying, da, 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 da. I said, "Uh uh-uh, no. My daughter is smart. My daughter can learn anything you put before her. So when I went to the vice principal, I said, you're going to move her today or she's coming out of the school. He looked at me, he said, Miss Bryant, um, we can move her in the huts. Tell you how good God is. God gave me a dream before she started school, and over there back in the huts, when I was growing up, that was for people that couldn't learn. I said, the devil is a lie. But then the Lord brought the dream back to me. He said, I got a teacher that can help her. She's a sweet teacher. We can put her in her class. I said, where is her class? He says, back there in the huts. I said, Jesus. I said, you know what? I said, yeah, let's do that. When he placed my daughter in there, before he placed her in there, y'all, I'm going to tell you how slick the enemy is. They're going to call a social worker in to let her sit in on my daughter in class. So they told me, Miss Bryant, we called a lady in, and um, she sat with your daughter. We want to have a meeting with you. I said, okay. So they had a meeting with the new teacher, me, and the social worker. The social worker said, Miss Bryant, what do you say is going on with your daughter? I said, she have a fear of that teacher. And by her having a fear of the teacher, she can't do her work like she need to. She looked at me and she said, and you're on it. She said, that is the problem. She looked at the teacher. She said, for the first month, I want you to get to know her. I want you to pay attention to her and make sure that she's not afraid that she'll be able to communicate. That was kindergarten. From kindergarten on up to now, my daughter's been an A student. I'm going to tell you why. Because I didn't take what they said. Y'all are taking what man is saying because you ain't got a grip. You're giving your kids what man is saying because you ain't got a grip. You can't apply nothing. 
so. See, Daniel spent time with God. He was a prophet of God. He was a mouthpiece for God. So when they try to take from him what he had a grip on, see, he humbled himself before the Babylonians because he already knew what the word could do because he had a grip. He asked him, he said, just let me eat vegetables. He asked. And Daniel and them looked 10 times better than the ones that ate a full course meal. Why am I saying this to you, church? We got to get a grip. You cannot apply something you don't have a grip on. Quit accusing God of not doing something when God's already done it, but you ain't got a grip. You can never apply something that you don't have a grip on. We always blaming it on somebody. Come on in the Garden of Eden. Everybody was blaming everybody. Adam, he blamed God. It's because of that woman you gave me. Eve blamed the serpent. Satan didn't blame nobody because he knew what he done. See, that's how it worked. He done done his job. He don't have to blame nobody. He got you to do his dirty work. Y'all don't. Come on, get a grip. Come on, this is why marriages are messed up. Toe up from the flow up. You know what you done to that woman. You know what you done to that man. Quit blaming. Honey, if you had a satisfied me, I wouldn't have been with Mary. So liar. I just needed to sow my oats some more. Well, you should have sold them all before you married me. And then I wouldn't have married you because you're sowing too many. Come on, y'all. When you get a grip, when you get a grip, the enemy don't come in so easily. I'm telling you something. People in the church leave the church because they don't have a grip. They only do what they know, not what the word of God is telling them. Anytime that you are deep rooted in this word, I don't care if husband change. I don't care if wife change. You ain't changing. Go in the word of God. All of these people in the word, they stood on the word regardless of what happened to them. Y'all don't know. You're going to have things happen in your marriage. You're going to have things happen with your kids. You're going to have things happen with your money. You're going to have some things happen. Why? Because you're serving God. And the enemy wants you to think that because you're serving God, it ain't going to work or it ain't going to happen. But when you go through these things and you stand on and you apply what the word of God is telling you and you're not so easily moved, that's when you know. The word is at work, even when I think it's not working. The word is always at work, y'all. And this is what God is saying today. We are so easily moved because we ain't got a grip. You cannot move off of something when you got a grip. You ain't moving off your job. Some of them, well, some people do. Hmm. Because they don't want to work. They, don't, they think everybody else will take care of them. Your boss talk hateful to you. You look at them digits. Well, right now, Lord help me, because a man don't work. See, you got a grip. Because when you want to curse him out, possum, 
You got a man don't work. He don't. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You go take a seat. The ones that don't have a grip, they curse them out. I don't need you. Look at your neighbor and say, everybody needs somebody sometime. Say, I even need you when you don't know it. I remember my daddy. He's so funny, y'all. He told me, he said, I remember when I used to tell, this used to be my word, nigga, I don't need you. And he said, then a few weeks later, my lights was out. See, nigga, I didn't need. That's just how funny my daddy is. The reason why he said that, because when you got money in your pocket, we don't need niggas. We don't need everybody else. That's a former word that black folks use. Check this out. Black folks use it, but don't want the white man to use it on them. <laughs> Get a grip. Get a grip. You putting it out there. Now you mad. Ignorant, gone to see. I can call myself a nigger, but you can't call me no nigger. Get a grip. Get a grip. Y'all, if we get a grip on this word, y'all, we will be phenomenal. We'll be so quiet. People will be like, hello, you here? Yeah, I'm here and everything. You, you ain't going to say nothing on that? Mm-mm, I don't need to. I've already been justified. I don't have to justify myself no more. I've already been acquitted. I don't have to bring charges back on me that he done washed away with his blood. See, I used to be an angry person, but I don't have to let that come, you know, at me and up at me. See, I got a grip on this now. He said, be ye angry, but sin not. So when we apply this word, we only apply what we have a grip on, y'all. This is what Paul was saying, and I love going back to those disciples, y'all. This is where we miss it in the body of Christ. You got to be disciple. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's not all. You got to get into a church fellowship. You got to be taught. You got to have knowledge of this word. So you can go out and disciple somebody else. Disciples begot disciples. So you're going to be followers of Christ. This is why Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. See, you have people, some people are teaching you one thing, but they're doing another. Apostle shared this article with me, with this pastor for years, taught people. Man had AIDS. Slept with women in the church. So can you imagine? Now he's confessing. He have AIDS. They with this man all this long time. Somebody should have some discernment, discerning of spirits to say, wait a minute. Somebody should have went to this man. I don't think God is going to leave people up under a leader like that. Because when you got a grip of this word, come on, that prophet that's in the house is going to bring back a rebuke. God don't leave his people ignorant, y'all. You can say what you want. Because whatever's done in darkness is going to come to light. And you're supposed to apply what you learned. They followed Jesus. They learned from Jesus. And then it was a day that Jesus said, okay, I'm going to turn you loose. 
Now I want you to do what you learn. I want them to see that you are a follower of me. Imitate me. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to imitate him. When you get into this word and you stand before somebody, they don't see you. They see Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. You're supposed to see Jesus, not me. If you see in me, I don't have a grip. You cannot be so easily persuaded, y'all. When you're standing on solid ground, on that solid rock, based on what you heard, you may sway back and forth, but you ain't going to be uprooted. You're going to come back to what you have learned. If you keep in the same pattern, just a different day, you don't have a grip. You got it in your head and you talking from your head, but you ain't got no root. Where are the roots in the body of Christ? He said, we got to be like a tree. Planted. Beside the rivers of living water. And when we're planted, y'all, whatever storm come, y'all, we're going to have some storms in our lives. We're going to be tried by these storms. But when the storm come, we're applying what we have a grip on. No matter what situation comes in your life, you're supposed to be able to apply this word. You're supposed to be able to put it into practice. That's when you say, oh, time to put it to practice. Time to put some action behind it. This is why in the book of James it said, don't only be a hearer. He said, you got to be a doer. That means if I'm hearing God tell me something, I'm going to have to do what I heard or I ain't heard. We want to tell people things, but our lifestyle ain't adding up. So he said, we have to be able to apply this word. But in order, y'all look at your neighbor, say, get a grip, get a grip, get a grip and quit playing. It's so easy for all of us to tell someone, this is what you need to do. But give them counsel according to what you have a grip on. Don't just say it to make people think you know it. Say it because you experienced it. See, that's why you got to go in the Bible and you got to wait on the Lord. You got to say, God, you know where I am. You know the things that I face in my life. God, I don't want to tell somebody something that I'm not doing at this time. God, if I don't know it, I prefer not to even say it. But God, if I know it with my heart and I believe it, God, I can tell you this is what the word says. It's not me saying it, but the word is saying it. You either going to believe the word or you're not. It's up to you. You can't make nobody do anything because in the word of God, they took the word for what it was. Come on. Can you imagine Elijah, the prophet, when God said, I want you to speak, there be no rain for the space of about three years, three and a half years. Now, this man had to have a grip. He was a prophet. He was a mouthpiece for God. So when he spoke this word, he wasn't in doubt of it because he knew God's word is true. So he said, for the space of three, three and a half years, there will be no rain. Elijah spoke this word. 
When he spoke this word, let me tell you something. God ain't going to leave you hanging. Even if you're in the midst of the famine, God's going to take care of his own. That's when you know you got a grip. If they call it a famine, you, when you got a grip, you can use the scripture and say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But I can say that verse now. Why can I say that verse? Because God, even when I was in need, I gave to others that need it. And now you said you're giving seed to the sower. You're giving bread to God. Everything I need is in you. And though it may be a famine all around me, my house shall not lack because your word tell me you're my shepherd. I shall not want. Not in one area of my life. I only do what you tell me to do. Come on, if he did it for Joseph. Joseph was in the midst of those seven years of famine. But God said, Joseph, I want you to store up. God ain't going to leave you hanging. See, we don't have a grip, y'all. Gas prices go up. That's all we talk about. Can't fill up my car no more. You ain't never filled up your car even when it was cheap. You just trying to hold a conversation your safe self. You never went past five dollars. Now you're talking, can't even fill up my car prices and gone out. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So when stuff happen in our lives, why are we looking to man? We're spiritual beings. God has blessed us with all spiritual things in heavenly places by, through Christ Jesus. The blessings of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow to it. God has given me power to get well. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a lender and not a borrower. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the fields. I'm blessed in the fruit of my womb. Everything my hands touch is blessed. Because the favor of the Lord surrounds me like a sheep. See, when you know what the word says, you just apply that word to that situation. I'm blessed coming in and I'm going to be blessed going out. Say, get a grip. Say, get a grip. Sometimes we think we have a grip. All of us from the pulpit down. But we realize in those tragic situations, we got to say, God, I thought I was in a place that I wasn't in, but it's never too late. See, I cannot pick up this word when trouble comes. I have to pick it up on a daily basis. So when trouble do come, I know how to apply it. I know how to apply it and I know how to use it. Come out of your head. And get it in your heart. Y'all know, going back to school, we all have went to school. Some of us have stopped before we even got to 12th grade. But, John and Peter, they saw that they were unlearned men. But they saw the power of God through unlearned men. God will take somebody that only been the first grade and walked the dog all over somebody who's been to cemetery school. 
See, people think they need all these degrees to preach the word. Look at your neighbor and say, who told you that? And then when you announce them, you got to go through all of this before you get to the word. The only school they went to was Holy Ghost school. So many people try to do what everybody else is doing to try to get a name for themselves. Now, that's okay if you want to go to cemetery school. That's up to you. But while you're in cemetery school, the blind is seeing, the lame is walking, the deaf is hearing. <laughs> People are being delivered while you're in cemetery school. I'm going to go to the school of Jesus Christ. See, because he didn't take me through no school but this school right here, the Word. And everything I got, I didn't get it from man. I got it from God. See, God kept me hidden. And then when it's time for my showing, people want to know where she come from. Some say she come out the house having Bible study. (laughs) Some say this and some say that. But let's see what God says. That's why Jesus said, who the man say that I am? See, he had, to, he had to ask his disciples, the ones that followed him, who the man say that I am? So they begin to name Jeremiah, Elijah, all of them, you know. But he said, whom do you? You can get all the teaching in the world, but he said, who do you say I am? And Peter got it through revelation. See, you need revelation. You can get all the education you want. But if you ain't got no revelation behind the education, just forget it. We got too much education with no revelation. We got too many people learning how to say God. And God. And God said. And don't forget to use your little handkerchief every now and then. See, you ain't letting the Holy Ghost do his job. See, if you knew about the Holy Ghost and you knew his duties, you wouldn't work so hard. See, some of that sweat ain't coming from holy fire. It's coming from you wearing yourself out. Because when you know what the word is saying, you don't have to do what man is telling you to do. Y'all, I have sat behind many people, don't get me wrong. (laughs) They can do funerals well. Because they got a funeral book. With many sermons in it that they use it many, many times. And they got all the uh-huhs in there. Uh-huh. And God said, let that paper fly off that pulpit. And they're going to be like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, God. Oh, yeah. And I hope their eyes has got 20-20. And people in the church get so stirred up because they think the Holy Ghost. I feel. My help is coming on. Your help's supposed to have been there before you even got up there. Y'all better get a grip. Y'all better get a grip. You better get a grip. 
And you better know how to apply this for yourself because I'm going to tell you something. Miracle Temple, y'all been warned. Everybody y'all think is, ain't. And everybody y'all think ain't, God is raising up his people. They're going to start popping up like never before. The ones that you've been seeing all on TVN and all of this that you've been sending your money into, bless the Lord, oh my soul. They popping up, but they coming down. Because what they've been giving you ain't truth. It sound like truth. So if you had a grip, you would know truth from error. Everything that talk the talk ain't living it. That's why you got to know what the word is saying for yourself. So God is saying, get a grip. Once you get a grip, you apply this word. He was saying in James 1, 22, he said, be a doer. You got to hear it. And if you hear it, he said, I want you to be a doer. But then he goes on to say, it's like a natural man who looks into a mirror, sees his face, but then he leaves the mirror and he forgetteth what he looked like. Have anybody forgot what you look like when you go in the mirror? Let's be honest. Yeah. You look in that mirror one minute and you think, dang, let me go check this. You done forgot what you, come on. Have you done it? Some men stay in the mirror more than women. Can't leave out the house now unless they're looking in there. Making sure everything is in place. That's right. So he said, you, you forget. But I love this part, y'all. And look, look, Apostle done turned to it. See what I'm saying? She done turned to it. She know where I'm going. You got to know where somebody going, right? When it says... For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, we talked about how he is, forgetting what he looked like. But whosoever looketh, have anybody been looking? Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now, this is the thing. You are looking. Don't get me wrong. But then it's another thing you got to do. And continue. You may look at this word and that's all you do. Look at it. But it says you got to continue. You got to abide. You got to remain. He said, and being not a forgetful hearer. Y'all, when you continue in this word, you ain't going to forget. You ain't going to forget. You go into knowing, y'all. A forgetful hearer, he says, but a doer of the work. Oh, my goodness. This man shall be blessed. Oh, my goodness. In his deeds. Y'all, if you seeing people being blessed and you seeing things in their lives being transformed and changed, why are you getting mad? Because they're continuing in the word. They're doers of the word. They're applying the word. And you talking about them? You talking about them and can do exactly what they're doing. But you choose not to. You want to still stay on the tool. You want to be looking at television. Now, ain't no excuse for not one person in here. People who watch CNN, how long? MSBs, what? That? NBC, ABC? Don't let me go to Facebook. Because much time as you spend on Facebook, you should be an expert in here. Come on, somebody. People say, I don't have time to get in my word, but you have time to take that phone and do this right here. And before you know it, an hour gone, two hours gone. But I, I, I just don't have time. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Let's just, 
cast out that lying spirit. Because you have time for other things. But you saying you don't have time to get life? How do you think you're going to live if you don't go into the word? We have time to run everywhere for everybody, but we don't have time to sit still and hear what God has to say. How you think you're going to get a grip, y'all, if you don't take time out? You got to take time out of your busy schedule. We're so busy. To get before God because it's going to be a time in your life that you're going to need this word more than you need anything else in your life. Nothing else is going to satisfy you. But this word. So he's saying continue therein. When you continue in the word, be a doer of the word. Guess what? You're going to be blessed in all your deeds. And everything that you do because you end this word, you're blessed. Why? Because I'm applying that word to my situation. I'm telling you what the word is saying. If you hear the word and quit hearing how you feel. Have you ever talked to somebody and you give them the word and they're still going back to but? Just just cut it off. Because you ain't hearing truth. You stuck in your feelings. You stuck in how they done you. Don't you know that the Bible said they hated Jesus? They're going to hate you. Don't you know your family even going to turn against you for this word? Why are you so shy? Oh, I forgot. You ain't in it to know it. My mama don't like me. That's what the word said. The more you grow in grace, grow in Christ, people going to hate you. And they're hating you for the word's sake. And you're trying to win over people. Instead of applying what the word says. Pray for those. That do what? We know that, right? But why aren't we doing it? I ain't got time to pray for them crazy people. They want to go to hell, let them go. They ain't going to take me with them. You, you, won't. you, you, you right behind them. They want to die, let them die. But when you applying the word, you see in a far off. You see in what's coming at them and you begin to go into prayer. And you begin to say, devil, you are a liar. Because see, when your brother's down, you're supposed to build them up. You don't supposed to leave them down there because they talked about you. Because they ridiculed you. God said, I reign on the just as well as the unjust. So just because they in that situation, you say, God, show me how to pray for them because they don't see what you are showing me, God. Show me how to lay down my life for them. Because Jesus laid down his life for a murderer, for a prostitute, for a drug addict. Jesus laid down his life when I was yet in sin. He proved his love for me. So who am I to say, let them go to hell? Why didn't he let you go to hell? Just because they keep messing up, there's a root to that mess up. Why don't you pray and say, God, what is the root to them messing up? What's causing them to have this same pattern? I don't want them to die like this. But we talk about them. We build up bitterness and hate in our heart. They can't do it by themselves. Jesus' disciples only done what he done. Jesus loved when people weren't lovable. That's why we got to get a grip so we can apply what we have a grip on. Y'all, the church don't have a grip. 
Because if we have a grip, we will be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all of these things, we, we got the verse backwards. We're trying to get all of these things before we seek. But it says, seek ye first. Did, did anybody know what first mean? You know what first mean when you win a race. I'm in first place. I'm in first place. God want to be in first place. Everything you do, you're supposed to seek him. God, this is what I want to do. But God, what do you want me to do? He already know what you want to do. He's just waiting on you to ask him. But what would you have me to do at this time? Is it my season to do this? Because I could be out of my season, God. The season that you have me in is the season that you want me to do what I'm doing. I don't want to go past this. God, I want to be in the midst of what you have. I don't want money to be my God because they tell me they'll give me this and give me that. If it's not my time, if I ain't prepared my heart before you, God, it is not my time. People make you feel like it's your time. But what is God saying to you? Might not be your time to go back to school. (laughs) How many people go back to school? You can't even get in the word. And you spend all the time with your professors and everybody else, but you can't take time out in the good book. That should tell you you ain't seeking first. So we got to put him first in all things. When you apply, and I'm closing. When you apply the word, you only applying what you believe. And even though it may not feel good or look good, you planted a seed. And Isaiah 55, 11, God took me back here. I think all of us are familiar with Isaiah 55, 11, but I'm going to go to verse 10. It says, for as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven, where did it come down from? Heaven. And it comes down for a purpose. But it says it returned not thither. So when the rain come down in the snow, God don't say, wait a minute, come back up. God sent it for a purpose, right? But watereth the earth, that's the purpose, and maketh it bring forth and bud. Y'all did not know that the rain and snow that come down has a purpose to bring forth, to make the earth bring forth and bud. Guess what the Lord was sharing with me one day? Y'all know how we would have these thunderstorms or have the rain? Some things you don't rebuke. Because God used it for a reason. He made it for a purpose. So you got to ask God, wait a minute, God, before I rebuke this thing. What is your purpose of this lightning? And I read up on something dealing with lightning that does something with gas, something, something. So we got to be careful. <laughs> Because God brings stuff down for a purpose and for a reason. When he brings the snow and rain, it's for the earth to bring forth to make it bud. It's bringing forth, right? I want y'all to hold on to that. It's bringing forth and bud that it may give seed to the soil. Y'all know how these farmers out here, how y'all think y'all getting your corn and your all this other stuff? And in the name of Jesus, I'm tired of this rain. But see, the farmers need it. Your property may look tore up, but the farmers are saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, 
Hallelujah. So we see that it's a reason, right? Seed to the sower and bread to who? The eater. I don't think you hairdressers, mechanics, carpenters. Y'all don't want nobody saying stop them people from getting their hair done. Stop these people from needing a carpenter. Ain't nobody got time for that foolishness. He says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me. Y'all, did y'all hear that? What did he say? Wait a minute now. What did it say? No, say that again. Say it again. No, say that again. Are y'all sure that's what it says? Y'all sure? Y'all sure that's what it says? Well, why are you saying it ain't working? The Bible says, I'm going to read out the expanded. The same thing is true. The words I speak that go out of my mouth. They will not return to me empty. They make the things happen that I want to happen. Ooh. And accomplish what I desire and purpose. And they succeed in doing what I send them to do. So can y'all tell me. When you are applying the word. Why are you looking for it to come back empty? Just because your body is hurting. You telling me it didn't work? Just because your money don't look right, you telling me the word don't work. I'm telling you what God said. I'm going to read it again. The same thing is true of the words I speak that go out of my mouth. They will not return to me empty. So if I send a word to you right now, and you're going through in your body, and I say, be healed in Jesus' name. For by Jesus Christ, you already healed. He sent his word and he has healed you. He has delivered you from your destruction. Okay? The word has went out. It's God's word. It ain't my word. It just went out of my mouth. And I'm speaking only what I believe. So I'm not looking for it to come back empty. I'm looking for it to do what God has sent it to do. So if I'm trying to check with you every minute and say, how you feel, how you feel, then I'm bringing it back myself and not believing what it says. But what I can say, you don't go on your pain. You go on what the word says. The word say, I am the heel. So now you want to tell that knee, you want to tell that neck, you want to tell that back, you want to tell whatever's in your body cutting the food. Did you not hear the word of the Lord? Did you not hear God's word speak? Now you better straighten up. Pain, go in the name of Jesus. Swelling, go in the name of Jesus. Headache, migraine, go in the name of Jesus. Congestion, go in the name of Jesus. Sinus infections, go in the name of Jesus. But this is what we do. We don't feed our body the word. We give it double. Tylenol, Father in the name of Jesus. Aleve, Father in the name of Jesus. Your body is confused. It don't know whether to believe the medicine or the word. How is your body going to get on track? 
For as a man thinketh. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Don't get me wrong. Until you get a grip, you better take some. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. I ain't telling you not to take it. Until you get a grip, you better take it. But while you're taking it, get a grip. Because when you really get a grip, you're going to forget you needed it. That's the difference. See, some of y'all is playing. Yeah, playing. Praise be to God. I had a headache, and I mean I had a terrible headache. God healed me. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Tell them about them pills you took. But God worked through the pills. He worked through the pills. Yes, he did. He worked through the pills. You've been taking them pills for how long? Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Come on, y'all. Let's just be real. I feel good. Now, ain't God good? He was good when you had what you had. He's still good. But it's according to where you are in the word, y'all. So don't get disappointed if you're doing it man's way now. The more you get in here and you get a grip, you can hold on to it. So don't let the enemy beat you up. Just get a grip and begin to apply the word. And the more you apply the word, because see, God talks to me all the time. He have to, y'all. He have to because the enemy is busy. He used people. He used circumstances. He used thoughts. So every day I have to keep my mind renewed. I have to keep my mind occupied with him. I have to focus on things above and not on things of this earth. Because if I focus on things of this earth, my body start getting whack. It does. It start getting out of alignment. Worries start coming and I start feeling a little funny. And I'm like, where did that come from? How did this happen? Because you allowed the worries of this world to stress you out. You took your mind off of me and you put your mind on circumstances. So now your body is just going every kind of way. But then when I began to think on the goodness of Jesus... When I begin to think on things that are pure, things that are honest, things that are lovely, things that are of a good report. If there be any virtues, there be any praise, I think on these things, the things that I learned, the things that I received, the things that I heard, the things that I've seen in my granddaddy do. I'm beginning to practice and apply those things. So my life began to change. Let's get a grip. So we can apply the word of God, so we can have faith for the things of God instead of having faith for the things of this world because the world will fail you. But God will never fail. Even when we change, God never changed. His word stays the same. Abraham was fully persuaded. Abraham knew his body was dead. He didn't deny that. See, some of y'all trying to deny what's going on in your body. In fact, that's what's going on, but truth says it don't have to remain. It doesn't have to stay. And we apply the word of God to it. And we say, God, your word works. It's forever settled in heaven. And it's not coming back to you void. But it's going out to accomplish. It's going to hap- make happen what you have sent it to do. So, Father, I thank you right now on top of how I feel. God, I thank you that you have already done what you said you're going to do. Y'all, that's applying the word and, and you're standing on that word. And then you have to put them, your rebuke or turn that rebuke on. 
Whatever you bind on earth shall be bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Oh, I bind that lying symptom. I bind that right now in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to bind. He'll tell you what to lose. Why? Because the word is nigh unto me, even in my mouth, in my heart, the word of faith, which I preach, which I proclaim. I got to carry it with me all the time because I don't know what's going to happen, what's going to pop up. I could lose my Bible and don't have the Bible, but I got the word so much on the inside of me. The scriptures, the word that I have inside of me that's planted I can bring out of me without carrying this Bible because you can't go into places with a Bible all the time but you can go in there with an assurance that whatever I need to come out of me it's going to come out of me it's going to be like a fire that devours everything around me it's going to be like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces because I know whom I serve I know whom I believe and God sent in this word to heal you to deliver you From your destruction. Y'all I found out it's not about me. It's about him. In him I live. In him I move. And in him I have my beings. We all have things that go on in our lives. But when I have things going on with me. I apply. What I have learned. What I have knowledge of. What I have a grip on. That's what I apply. And some people don't want to hang around you. Some people don't even want to tell you their situation because they don't want you to come back with the word that's the only thing I know is where I've been y'all this is where I travel with the word everything else going to fail but this word will not and it shall not fail so father God I thank you that there is no failure in you and I thank you that those that have heard this word on today God that they take this word And they begin to get a grip on this word. And they begin to apply this word to every given situation in their lives. And God, as they apply this word, God, they see that this word worked, God. That this word is working, God, on the inside. And it's coming on the outside so people can see your glory, God. So they can see you, God, move, God, in situations that they have never seen you move in before. In Jesus' name, God, thank you for the miraculous, God, coming forth, God, in people's lives, God, where they know, God, that it was you and it was not man, God. And through God, this miraculous, God, coming forth, people are saying, what must I do to be saved? God, I thank you, Father God. For the disciples that are being made. I thank you Father God. That through this word that we're getting God. That people are taking this word in like never before. And whatever the words say don't do God. We're not doing. And whatever the words say do God. That's what we're doing God. We're humbling ourselves before you God. And you're going to exalt us in due season. So God we just thank you. We just praise you God. That healing is in this house. We thank you that you're the great physician on today. God, you know everything that's going on in our bodies, God. God, you created us, God. We did not create ourselves. God, you know how we feel, God, even before we're going to feel that way, God. But God, we put now trust in you right now in Jesus' name. God, I speak that what the enemy meant for harm, God, you have turned it around. You have made it today for our good in Jesus' name. God, I command healing in this house again in the name of Jesus. Healing is the children's bread. And God, I receive it. We receive it right now, God. Right now in the name of Jesus, God. You're opening up the windows of heaven, God. You're opening up heaven and you're pouring out your healing, God. And your healing, God, is resting. God, upon your people right now in Jesus' name. I command pain to go. 
In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you right now that it's already ours, God. I'm only commanding what belongs to us. God, I don't have to do nothing to get it. I just need to receive it, God. I need to receive what already belongs to me, God. In the name of Jesus, God. I speak to arthritis. I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. God, I speak, Father God, to tumors, to growths. I command them to go right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to pancreatitis to go right now in the name of Jesus. Kidney stones go right now in the name of Jesus. Heart defects go right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you right now in Jesus' name. And I send this word, God, through the airwaves, those that are watching, God, those that are at home, God, those that are questioning you, God, concerning their healing, God. I thank you right now that they're healed right where they sit, right where they stand. In the name of Jesus, God, you're sending your angels, God, with this word of healing. Be healed. Be made whole. Physically, spiritually, financially. Healing right now. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, that we can go on about your business, knowing that it's already done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. At this time, could I ask the visitors if they would like to stand at this time? Hallelujah. I know we see some new faces in the house. Praise God.